Hey everyone, it's Brittany, one half of your terrible hosts. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, Al and I are having the ultimate yoga debate on the best style of yoga. Once we sort that out and ultimately agree to disagree, we're not holding back on what we think the 100% worst style of yoga is. We're going to apologize in advance for what you're about to hear. If any episode is going to offend your delicate yoga sensibility, it's this one. Hang on tight. You're listening to a podcast about terrible yoga. This week, we are deciding definitively what the best style of yoga is and also what the worst style of yoga is. But before we get into that, Elle, how are you doing? How are things going? What's your practice like? Uh, okay, well, today, which I just want for the record, the day that we are recording this is Sunday, September 15th. 2019 and I have just done the I did, okay I didn't just do it I did it like three hours ago um I did the full Ashtanga primary series including all 10 sun salutations which is something that I <laughs> never do um I did it for the first time in almost a year uh and still kind of feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, I, d- I don't feel great. I feel like I um, just ran like a half marathon or did like Tough Mudder or something. Did like the American Ninja Warrior <laughs> obstacle course. <laughs> yeah, it feels really bad. So I think that's probably a sign that I should like maybe practice more often than I am practicing right now, which is close to zero. <laughs> um, but what I did today, I think, uh, I have solved my Shavasana problem in our Terrible Yoga Habits episode. Someone... <laughs> me admitted that they don't take shavasana when they practice at home um but today so i did my ashtanga practice to music which don't come at me i don't care um but i decided that i would take shavasana like for the end like until the end of the song that was currently playing and then the entire next song so then that way i don't have control over how long the shavasana is so it's like a timer, but that I don't personally have to set. So I can't just be like, I'll take Shavasana for 30 seconds. I mean, I very much applaud your effort because if you listen to the episode on habits, I was straight up horrified when, <laughs> when you said that you didn't do Shavasana because it is the only reason that I do yoga. So <laughs> it's yeah. the only part that matters to me. But It's like the most judgmental Brittany's ever been. <laughs> How dare you not want to lie down on the ground and do nothing? How dare you? <laughs> Out of curiosity, because I'm I'm very curious, how long did it take you to do the full primary series? 
okay. I did not time it. I think it took about probably just under 90 minutes. One, okay. Also, I should qualify. It technically was not the full primary series because I don't do generally, sometimes I do, but not always. And especially not when I haven't practiced properly or like, not properly. I haven't practiced a really like anything like the Ashtanga primary series in many months. <laughs> um, so I didn't do like half of the finishing series because I, I don't like doing poses that put pressure on my neck. So that takes up, that cuts down a lot of time. That's like a huge fair. amount of time. Yeah. But yeah, fair. I think it took about 90 minutes. That's very impressive. I always when I'm practicing at home I can't even remember the last time I did a full primary I normally do the condensed version because convincing myself that I have half an hour's worth of time is like the biggest struggle so to be like I have an hour and a half even though I definitely do but trying to convince myself that I have that full hour and a half to do the full primary is like actual torture and then the actual practice is actual torture so I like to (laughs) I like to stick with half an hour and but the book says half an hour um but whenever I do it it's always like 25 minutes because apparently I just speed right through it for no you know no impact on me I'm just like just get it done get over with I think that's fair and for the record even when I did the full primary series twice a week I always felt like death the next day. So I t- it just, that's just the way that it is for me. That's fair. And so because I feel so bad today, I'm like, what is tomorrow going to be like? Because I don't <laughs> normally feel like shit immediately after a yoga practice. I usually feel pretty good. And then it, the next day, sometimes I'm like, mm, maybe I overdid it. But no, right now, immediately, immediately after, I was like, should not have done that. I should have eased <laughs> into it. This was a mistake. So yeah, that's how my practice is going. How's your practice going? <laughs> I didn't practice today. I did practice a couple of times this week, though. I've been having some hip stuff going on just from you know sitting at the desk job as you do so I'm lucky I have a gym where I work and so on my lunch break I this week I went a couple of times just did some more static yin type stuff you could say um just to work on creating some movement in there I just tend to find when my hips are really bothering me that like the more dynamic stuff like ashtanga tends to just aggravate everything so I tend to lean towards the more uh yin type stuff my mom was up visiting last weekend and I she does yoga every single day and so when she was here we did yoga together and that's when I did two day two days in a row L I did yoga two days in a row I did a full 45 minutes (laughs) of ashtanga yoga (laughs) um I mean okay one that's really impressive and also that's really cute that you did practice with your mom. Okay, so here's the thing. It was very annoying for the sole re- <laughs> for the sole reason that I learned that my mom, who is almost 60 and lovely lady, doesn't look like she's 60 uh, or about to be 60, uh, has a way better core than I do, and I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, I'm very bitter. Yeah. Very, very bitter. 
So now I'm like, okay, I have to work on my core so I can keep up with my mom. Yeah. I find that um, when I practice with Tim sometimes because, like, he doesn't do any yoga and he fucking barely exercises. But he is just a male person. And so, I mean, maybe this is not an and so. He is a, a large large stature male person he is very tall um and he just has such an incredible just natural amount of both leg and arm strength that watching him do something like a chaturanga is infuriating because (laughs) it's like he just can drop and do it and i'm like fuck you buddy (laughs) fuck you we don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. Really, we don't. <laughs> we don't need it. <laughs> but yeah, that's how that's how our yoga is going. <laughs> so it's going really well. It's going really great. It's right on right on track with what we expect. Yeah. Yeah. So what we actually wanted to talk about today for the bulk of the episode is we basically want to argue with each other over the best style of yoga. And then also we're going to talk quite a lot about what we both believe is the worst style of yoga. Yeah, this could end up being us arguing for 45 minutes or it could end us uh, with us arguing for 10 minutes and then straight up just trashing, you know, one particular style of yoga that is hot yoga. It's going to, we're going to, we'll be talking shit about hot yoga today. <laughs> just get right to the point. Just so, you know, right to just so there are no surprises. If you are going to not enjoy an episode where we are very rude about hot yoga, I would just say just skip this one. Yeah, just maybe. Go ahead and yeah. turn this one off. Yeah. <laughs> if there's going to be an episode that people are going to hate us for it's probably this one so if you're going to be one of those people just like maybe don't listen just yeah yeah or do or do (laughs) and leave us a lot of rude comments you also have the option of doing that and we will welcome them but also just recognize that if you do leave us rude comments that only fuels our fire so (laughs) If you want to be really mean, leave a nice comment. That's what you should do. (laughs) Reverse psychology. Okay, so, Elle, what what do you believe is the best style of yoga? I believe and am correct in believing (laughs) (laughs) that power flow, a Hatha-based power flow yoga is the best and some might say only legitimate type of yoga. <laughs> and I mean, shout out to Ashtanga, whatever. It's great sometimes. But uh, also sometimes it makes you just you know, feel like you're dying. So uh, also fuck Ashtanga. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to, you know, back up your position maybe? Not particularly. Okay. <laughs> That's I just want to say yeah. that I'm right. Um, no, so I like uh, a flow, a fast flow, or even like a moderately fast flow, or even it. And I don't mean like a shanga when I say this necessarily, um, where you're like you're sitting and then you're doing 
a vinyasa and then you're sitting again. That is not what I'm talking about when I say this. I like to hang out in a pose, but I also like a flowy sort of transition in between said hanging out in poses. And hey, I actually don't like hanging out in poses for upwards of five minutes (laughs) because who likes that? Brittany. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I just, I feel always like, it doesn't even have to be like a really intense murder yourself flow. I just like being warm. I like generating heat before I do things, partially because it makes the practice feel better for me. I think it works better. I feel like I get more out of it, out of a fast flow. I also feel like a fast flow is more sort of, I tend to be more mindful and a little bit more meditative if I'm doing it, especially on my own. If it's, if it's like a fast flow that I am putting together myself, just because, um, and I mean, hey, maybe this is something to work on, but also maybe, no, maybe fuck that. Um, I get really fucking bored in when you're just staying in one place forever. Um, uh, and I find it easier to concentrate on the practice when there is kind of a continual sense of movement involved. I also like moving to music. Not that I have any form of like natural rhythm in terms of my body. Like I dancing. No, that it's a no from me. Can't do it. Um, but I do like to have a beat going. Okay. So I think it's the best, the best kind of yoga. Unsurprisingly, I completely disagree with you. And I believe, so I, okay, as a preface, I practice personally two kinds of yoga, yin yoga and ashtanga yoga. And I believe that the best kind of yoga is yin yoga. <laughs> and I'm also correct in saying that. That's just, that's just reality, people. That's just reality. I, it's very interesting to hear you say that you are better able to like, be present and like be meditative in a, in a, like a, in a fast flow. Cause like, I can't do any of that. Like I know, like I can't, no, (laughs) I, I can't feel my own body or like be present in what's actually happening unless it is a yin practice and sometimes an Ashtanga practice because Ashtanga, if, if you're listening to this and you've done Ashtanga, you know, that sort of, I wouldn't call Ashtanga a flow except for the beginning part. Cause it's like, posture vinyasa posture vinyasa so it's like not as flowy as like a a full-on like power flow but for me or yin is just like where it's at i just want all the props and all the time in the world and i just want to sit there for five glorious minutes in pigeon pose (laughs) just like luxuriating in the experience and that's that's where i'm at i think for for me like power flows i could do a power flow and enjoy it if I was the one doing it like if I was the one who was creating the flow like as I went but there's no circumstance under which that I could go to a yoga class or do an online yoga class and do a power flow 
I just, my brain is like all over the place. Like I can't get into anything. And it just like, I just feel so rushed and like hurried and like stressed out about it that I can't enjoy anything about it. Because the thing that I at least notice about a lot of classes that I used to take that were power flows or flows in general, it's just like nonstop talking and cueing from the teacher. And then that doesn't really give me any space to actually there's like no silence and I require silence. <laughs> that is my motto. I require silence in my yoga practice, whether like, there can be music playing or whatever, but I require like no cueing or very minimal cueing to really get the most out of the practice. So for me, flow yoga is just like the antithesis of that. And I absolutely hate everything about it. So for me, yin, yin is where it is at. Okay. I have two things that so yeah um no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no uh I do also find okay sometimes you have a point um depending on the teacher sometimes a flow can be very very distracting if it's not a flow that you have put together yourself uh if you're practicing with somebody brand new or you're practicing with someone whose cues you just don't jive with, uh, then yeah, I can definitely see how a flow could be (laughs) stressful. Um, I do, especially now, tend to just not bother practicing with people that I don't jive with or do. I can just do it myself. I can put together my own yoga class. Um, But I do find that when I do find a teacher who... um, I respond really well to their cues and like, especially if I know them um, and I know what they're trying to do in their class, having that kind of constant um, stream of cues in a fast yoga class from someone who like you really understand where they're coming from and what they're saying. I find that really helpful and actually part of what makes the flow class a little bit more mindful when someone else is teaching it because all that I have time to do is hear what they are saying and do it, especially if they're not demoing too much because then I don't have time to start thinking about like, oh, am I doing this properly? Does it look good? Should, should I be doing it differently? Do I need to suck in my stomach? Like, what does my jawline look like in this pose? <laughs> How's my hair? Like, there's just, there's no, there's no time for, like, those annoying yoga thoughts. And there's also no time to compare yourself to other people in the class. Like, I can't look over at someone else's mat and be like, are they in a deeper pose than me? (laughs) Because it's just, it's, you're going too fast. So there's only, like, does this feel right? And did I do the thing that they said to do? Am I using the right hand? (laughs) Or the left hand. (laughs) Oh, and then the other thing is I did actually remember what my last point was. And that is that once I am warmed up, I can do things more better (laughs) than I can (laughs) when I'm not warmed up. And that makes me feel really smug. So I like doing that. That's my whole point. That's the whole point. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You're allowed to think that flow yoga is the best type of yoga. You're wrong. But, and I'm allowed to think that yin yoga is the best type of yoga. And I can also be wrong. 
But what we are unified in, unless you had more to say on this topic. <laughs> um, okay, wait. No, I do have one more point about Yin. And okay. it's not about how Yin is bad. It's about how I am bad. Okay. Um, and it's that, like, I have two modes when I go into a Yin class. And it's, like, one is, like, that I just don't care at all. And I will modify the poses so much while telling myself I'm like oh yeah this is restorative that they're actually just not doing anything it's like me just like lying in a lump on my yoga mat (laughs) like I may as well just be at home in bed (laughs) and then the other thing that I do it's just at the straight just the opposite end of it is that I go into yin class with being like this is a competitive yin class and I'm gonna win (laughs) (laughs) and I will just spend five minutes just like as deep into a pose as I can physically go like up at the end of it I'm gonna be like at the end of this forward fold I am gonna be so flexible that like I'm not I don't know like do you know what I mean yes <laughs> that, was, that was so articulate <laughs> um yeah like like my feet will never come back over from my head like and and that is also stupid because that you shouldn't do that it's bad <laughs> That's bad. That is terrible yoga. <laughs> um, yeah, and I find I don't... Could I just be a moderate, mindful yin practitioner? Maybe. But I never do. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> On the topic of, you know, nailing poses, I actually had... I just want to share this because it made me think of you when it actually happened and I never told you about it. I was doing some uh, yin poses on my lunch break at one point this week, and I was doing fire log pose when you stack both of your shins, flex your feet, etc. And of late, my hips have been particularly angry about it when I try and do it. So it's like really not stacked. They're like way, way not even close to touching each other. But when I did it this week, it was like magic and they actually stacked properly. And so that was my little moment of yoga happiness. I just thought I would share that with all of you. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> okay, to the meat. The real, the real reason why we wanted to record this episode and the, 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 the thing that brings us together as yoga mm-hmm. practitioners mm-hmm. is how terrible and how the worst hot yoga is. And it is. It is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we could probably just end the episode right there. I don't think we need it. Yeah, you know, we're done. We don't need any it's follow over. up. That's just, <laughs> I mean, that's just fact at this point. Yeah. Hot yoga blows. And if you like hot yoga, I'm not saying that you are incorrect to do that, except that you absolutely are incorrect to do that. So on a actual like practice level, I've done hot yoga a couple of times in my life. And every time it is a heinous, nausea filled, like vomit storm of terrible. (laughs) And I just don't understand why it appeals to people because every time like even during the class I'm like oh my god I'm gonna be so sick and then I leave and I'm like oh my god I'm gonna be so sick and I just none of it is appealing to me I why do I want to do some crazy contorted pose which is enough but then I also want to do that in like a 40 degree room I I don't no part of me wants that no I hate just the feeling I don't know why you would want to first of all just wreck your mat 
and whatever towel that you're probably using with your, cause you're just literally dripping sweat in a room with like 40 other sweaty people and probably at least two middle-aged men wearing speedos. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. Um, but it doesn't bring me happiness. That environment of practicing does not bring me any happiness. It's gross. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, don't get it. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of arguments. People are like, oh, it's, you know, so good for you. It, like helps you detox, whatever. Bullshit. Bullshit on that. I have studies. I love studies. Studies yeah. are the greatest. They are. They are. They Wait, are really great. Before you start reading your studies. Yes. I also just want to clarify. I think if you're a, per- a person who thinks that you can sweat out toxins, possibly this podcast is not for you. <laughs> you're always welcome here. Fair but... <laughs> warning. You can be here, but I don't know if you will like it no. in the future. You probably won't. It will not be a good <laughs> space for you. So, yeah. That, w- that was a good warning. I appreciated that. That was that was very useful. <laughs> Okay, please tell me your facts, because I don't have any facts. Perfect. Well, so, okay, so the first one, because people are always like, oh, detoxing, hot yoga, yay, all that sweat is just, like, getting rid of toxins. It's not, because your sweat is made up of water, urea, lactic acid, and minerals, and toxins come out of our body through other bodily fluids that I will not name, (laughs) because this is a wholesome podcast. (laughs) So thinking that going to a hot yoga class is going to help you detoxify from a night of drinking or eating seven burritos or whatever is not a reality. That's not how the human body works. It's just I not. I mean, it's not unless you go to hot yoga, do the hot yoga practice, and then you spend the next hour throwing up, in which case, yeah, yeah actually, great job. Great job <laughs> detoxing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The other, the other thing that I think is interesting so obviously a lot of this research like contradicts other research and other research contradicts it because it's all like all over the place, but science. So anyway, um, there's a study done. I can't remember where I'm looking at the link right now, but I like an idiot didn't put where it was from. But the research suggested that the benefits of hot yoga are not necessarily from the heat, but from the sequence itself. So if the heat isn't actually do anything, doing anything for you, why the fuck would you continue to do it in a heated class? Just like why? Well, Brittany, yes. Let me let me explain you a thing, okay? Okay. It's because the heat <laughs> makes you more flexible. You can get deeper into the poses when the room is hot. So let's just translate that for people. That means you're more likely to hurt yourself (laughs) in a hot yoga class because you're doing things that your body is not ready for. (sighs) Now I'm just getting like angry about this. Okay. I have more facts. Mm-hmm. This study is from Colorado State University, and they found that the the participants' metabolic rates during hot yoga was roughly equivalent to those of people walking briskly. So it doesn't actually do anything, really, because people also say that hot yoga is like much better for weight loss than normal yoga, but that mm-hmm. is not necessarily the case. 
Um, which again, if it's not, then why are you putting yourself through that? Um, it is, however, a significant workout for your heart, but not in a good way because your heart is not supposed to work that hard. So this, I think this is the last one. Yes. The American Council on Exercise, which I did not know was a thing, showed that practicing yoga in a hot room can raise internal temperatures and heart rates to levels that may be dangerous for some people. The researchers found that many of the volunteers' core temperatures reached higher than 103 degrees Fahrenheit, and for the record, heat stroke happens at 104 degrees. Which probably explains why I always feel like garbage after I do a hot yoga class. I just, it just comes down to why would you put your body through this when it doesn't help you detox, doesn't help you lose weight, dangerous, can dangerously raise your heart rate and put just general stress on your heart and make you like throw up and nauseous and blah, blah, blah. I just, none, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Uh, yeah, no, I know. And so I think like with the weight loss is that depending on where you go there are a lot of hot yoga studios where it's very much encouraged that you just do not take a break and the Mm. flow like the sequencing in most hot yoga classes itself is already pretty intense for especially for you know people who just wandered in off the street and maybe have not ever done a yoga practice sometimes I feel often like the majority of people that I know who go to hot yoga are people who did not do any type of yoga before hot yoga and then they went to hot yoga and then there's a mentality in hot yoga where it's like you're gonna come back you're gonna (laughs) do this flow and you're gonna be good at it or fuck you and I not all hot yoga studios are like that. And some, a lot of hot yoga studios do offer half heat classes, which um, that I don't mind, especially if the class is a relatively slow flow. Um, sometimes that's okay. When I was in school, the closest yoga studio to me was a hot yoga studio that will remain nameless. And yeah, sometimes their half and low heat classes were basically fine. But never, ever their hot classes. They That was never, ever fine. No. The other, okay, this is my other beef, which goes back to our habits video, is that every hot yoga class that I've been to, uh, which was at multiple studios the in different uh, cities in Ontario, some of them, you know, the big hot yoga brand that we're all thinking about, and then some of them were, you know, smaller heated studios. Um, in every instance that I've done a hot yoga class, regardless of where it was, the teachers always say, oh, we welcome you to stay for Shavasana, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave the room and then they're gone. (laughs) And then everyone just gets up. And I'm like, what are you doing? Especially in a hot yoga class, you're like ruining your nervous system right now. Like your body just went through so much stuff and you're like, okay, I'm fine. Let's just like go on with my day. I did that in one of my classes because I needed the teacher's signature to because I was doing it as part of my teacher training and we had to take a bunch of classes in different places and so I needed her signature on the form to say that I did it and I so I did not take shavasana after that class I got out of the class and I like could not speak to the teacher I was so out of it I don't even I think I was like in shock like I could not function (laughs) as a human being I was like for I was like shaking it was a disaster 
And I just don't understand. That also just really annoys me in general when teachers are like, oh, you can take Shavasana or you cannot. No, it is mandatory. If you're in one of my classes, which I don't teach right now, but if I did, mandatory. If you don't take Shavasana, I will put a bolster on top of you and sit on you so you can take Shavasana. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In the same way, I have no problem being a hypocrite in this. (laughs) As we have established, I'm very bad at taking Shavasana in my own practice. But like, oh, man, if you're in one of my yoga classes and you are not taking Shavasana when I have instructed you to get into Shavasana, bro, we are going to have problems we're going to throw down no (laughs) do i say the i mean the other interesting thing this is not about hot yoga specifically but maybe more behind like the business of yoga is that it seems to me that most of the like when it when a town gets a yoga studio and i've lived in a lot of small towns in my life this is how this is you know evidence anecdotal based fact that Whenever a place gets a yoga studio, I can guarantee 90% of the time, the first studio they'll get is a hot studio. Always. So, yeah. So, I will back up your anecdotal evidence with also more anecdotal evidence. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from my just my personal experience. <laughs> Well, it's just That's so, a fact. it's just so interesting to me that that is like where people go first, because the just from a business point of view, like the the outlay to get a hot studio running is more than a normal studio because you need the panels and the mirrors mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I've never been to a normal studio that had all like mirrors that like like hot yoga studios do. But if you're just starting a yoga studio, you need a room like that's all. That's it. So I just don't understand why people are like, yes, I'm going to start a yoga studio and I'm going to spend thousands of dollars before I even open on all of these friggin' heating panels and whatever goes into a hot yoga studio instead of just doing a normal one. It blows my mind that people would go that way, which suggests, obviously, that hot yoga is very popular. And I think that it shows that it is popular. Fully agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I genuinely, genuinely do not understand why so many people are so obsessed with it. And I don't like, I do not like when people, I tell them that I am a yoga teacher and they go, do you teach hot yoga? Are you a hot yoga teacher? Hot yoga? Do you, hot yoga? Do you, do you teach hot yoga? <laughs> I'm like, no, actually I teach real yoga. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> when I was in, uh grad school I had a friend of mine who was very naturally flexible person you know the hippie type etc and she loved hot yoga and she would just like like multiple times a week even when it was like 35 degrees out in the summer and I just never really understood it from like a from like a fundamental point of view I never understood it until this well this year last year I now live in a place in northern Ontario, where it is minus 30, minus 40 for literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally weeks at a time. And that is the only scenario when I would want to do hot yoga because I'm freezing to death. And then going to this yoga studio would feel like normal temperature. But any other time of the year, not interested. And that also, I should point out, I never actually went during the winter because that's just dumb. So I actually... Um, I, the worst, my worst hot yoga experiences have been in cold weather, um, especially 
again when I was in school and like my roommate and I would walk to the hot yoga studio and then walk home going from being not quite that cold. It wasn't never quite that cold in Southern Ontario, but like even minus 15 degrees Celsius, not that we're going to have any American (laughs) listeners, but I don't actually know what that is in Fahrenheit. They can Google Uh, it. But when we are saying temperatures, we're saying them in Celsius, just for reference. Um, Yeah, minus 15 to minus 20. uh, Going from that to being hot, what is is the temperature of a hot yoga studio? Uh, Like 40 something. 40. And then back to minus 20. No, I was just done for the rest of the day. Like there was no, I would immediately feel like I was hypothermic, like just dying. Yeah. No, every time I've been to a hot yoga class, I can't, like I don't eat beforehand because you don't want to be sick when you're in the yoga class, obviously. So you don't tend to eat a lot or anything. But then afterwards, you're so hungry. But every time I've eaten after a hot yoga class, I get so sick. So maybe that's how people lose weight in hot yoga because they're just not eating at all. You just can't eat. Because you can't eat ever. You just can't. There's never never a safe time to do so. It's true. I really genuinely do wonder like why. Also, it could be for people that it just feels really like productive because you do sweat a lot. Again, just because the room is hot. If you were just sitting on your yoga mat doing nothing, you would be sweating the same amount. Um, And then... Again, I guess if you're not doing any other type of ex- like if this is the exercise that you fall into as like a healthy, like I want to get healthy, I want to lose weight. If this is the first thing that you come to, it probably will work because you're just by the fact that you are moving around. And then also it feels possibly more productive than it is because you feel like you're dying, <laughs> which which and I have problem with this I do think that people mistake feeling like crap after a workout for feeling like they did a really great workout yeah which does not mean that you did a good workout no it It could mean that you really did a really terrible workout yeah it means potentially that you worked out in a way that maybe wasn't very productive for your body at all get it together (laughs) (laughs) that is the moral of this episode get it together hot yoga practitioners just do normal yoga. It's not that difficult. It's true. Also, I mean, you can keep going. Oh, oh, okay. Here, sorry. This is the other thing that annoys me about that. Like how successful of business model apparently hot yoga is because if a hot yoga studio opens up in a place that does not have any other yoga studios, then hot yoga just becomes synonymous Mm -hmm. with yoga for all of the people who are like this is their only yoga option um which hey also annoying and uh hot yoga screw you i mean part of the reason why i haven't even practiced at a studio in the last five years is because everywhere i've lived it's just been a hot studio and i'm like there is no way in hell i'm paying whatever ridiculous amount of money that you want to ask me to pay i'm not doing it can't do it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so screw that oh should we also, I don't know, talk about the fact that most hot yoga studios, I not that they seem like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but like <laughs> the intention behind their teacher training is that there is no intention behind it. It's just you pay a crazy amount of money, like a, an absolutely insane amount of money to learn for a few weeks how to memorize 
a script and some basic routines and facts. And then they just unleash you into the hot yoga studio and you are able to teach people. And that is the worst. Yeah, that that does. That is concerning. I mean, especially for the, the big two kinds of hot yoga, which shall remain nameless, where that is literally what happens. Like their teachers are just being trained to memorize a script and memorize the sequence of poses, which is not sufficient when you're teaching a very difficult series of postures especially in a heated room where shit is going to go wrong and people can really hurt themselves. That's not to say people can't hurt themselves in a normal yoga studio. They can, but the the risk there is even higher in a hot studio. So it kind of blows my mind that there's not a more comprehensive teaching system in place. And I think the other part of that is I've been in hot yoga classes and since I was at the time when I was in those hot yoga classes was in my teacher training and an active teacher the teachers in that class sometimes like suggested post not suggested had postures in their sequences that I would never ever ever do in a hot yoga studio like things like inversions that are just so dangerous in a hot environment because you have no idea what's going to happen to someone who- with their blood pressure and everything so it just I just think that there needs to be it just it just really bothers me because going like I just couldn't go to a hot class now knowing that that's how their teachers are trained because that's just not a sufficient amount of training for someone who is like in control of your body and your health in a 40 degree room yeah no no Definitely not. and it is an insane like an insane amount of money it is and like it's an insane amount of money for the level of training yeah. that is being provided because obviously there are other yoga teacher trainings that are an insane amount of money. They're also like months of work or years of work. And sometimes you have to relocate to another country <laughs> yeah. to do them, mm-hmm. not like a fun relocation to like the Caribbean or Las Vegas <laughs> for a few weeks. Like where you literally have to relocate to the other side of the world and live there for months at a time. Mm -hmm. Not that that wouldn't be fun, but... No, but I mean, it's it's a a different level of dedication and different level of training. That's not to say that I think someone with a certification from a place like that is better or worse than like the certifications that we have, but it is just different. Um, it's sort of, it's just a different perspective on everything. My other beef, just in general, but linking back to what we were just talking about, is that why would you, because hot yoga classes, especially the one, main one, um, they shall remain nameless. It's always the same. It's like literally always the same. The class is always the same. So, I just don't see the appeal in that. Like, I don't understand how people don't get bored. Like, I under, like maybe I understand that they're, like, getting some sort of mastery out of it. And I do see that because people would be like, oh, Brittany, don't you know that Ashtanga, the primary series, is always the same? Yes, I do know that. However, um, I've never actually been in a class where the primary series is taught the same way each class. Like, depending on the time and who's in the room, like, poses get, mo- like, taken out or added in or things get modified differently or they poses are swapped like in the sequence and that I don't think would ever happen in a particular hot yoga class like there's just no way because that that's not how it's done it's these is it 72 not 72 is it 24 poses I can't remember I thought it was 32 32 twice or something I don't know we We don't know we don't know (laughs) because we don't need to worry about those kinds of irrelevant things but whatever it is it's always the same and that to me is just like so boring (laughs) and repetitive and just like why would you do that 
Well, I mean, the the other thing about Ashtanga, and to be fair, I have absolutely in my life gotten fully bored of doing Ashtanga day in and day out, um, is that it's more than however many poses are in a hot yoga class. And I think there also is a lot more room for uh, modification. Uh, and especially, you know, if you have a good Ashtanga yoga teacher and I honestly don't think that I've ever had a bad Ashtanga yoga teacher because usually people who teach Ashtanga yoga are just so obsessed with yoga, Ashtanga yoga, and how the human body works. (laughs) Um, But so I feel like there's just a wider kind of range of like, yeah, just things that you can do in an ashtanga class despite the fact that it technically is always the same sequence it is much more adaptable person to person rather than trying to get i've always felt like in a hot yoga class like it is me trying to jam my body into a pose like there is not a ton there are some variations i feel like offered but definitely not as many and I also feel, and this could just be the people that I've practiced practiced Ashtanga yoga with in the past, that it it wasn't like the full expression of the pose was the goal yeah. of the class. Whereas I always do sort of get that sense in a hot yoga class that even if you are modifying a little bit, what you want to be aiming for is is the full pose, which I don't like. Yeah. Okay. I do feel like... That's probably all that I <laughs> should have we to say. Should we end on a happier note than completely destroying an entire very successful multi-billion dollar industry? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all we have for you this week. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. I make we make zero promises that we'll ever post there, but we do have accounts and that's what matters. Until next time, if you do hot yoga because you love the detox it gives you, we hate you.